You are listening to Sister Speak Life with your host, Marlene Paul. It doesn't matter what your life was and how you came to be in this world or what you've gone through. One of the things that I learned that I'm hoping that you got from my story, ladies, is that God uses the foolish thing to confound the wise. Mm-hmm. And you need to ask yourself, will you be that foolish thing? Welcome to Sister Speak Life. I'm your host, Marlene Paul. I am so glad that you are back with us this week. And we are about to finish up hearing the wonderful, powerful, amazing story by our co-host, Erica Meadows Paula St. Bill. But before we get to our show and hear the ending of her story, let me remind you of a few things. Please, please, please remember to click the subscribe button and follow our podcast. We would also like you guys to leave a word of encouragement on how this podcast is encouraging your soul. Now, finally, we would love it if you would connect with us in our Facebook community. We would love to hear what you have to say. So on Facebook, you look up our podcast name called Sisters Speak Life and just click a few buttons and you are part of the community. This is more than just a podcast. We are here trying to inspire women to live a balanced, a spiritually balanced life and to speak life over every area of their lives. So come on and join us in our Facebook community. We are doing so many great things and would love to have you as part of our community because this is also your story too. This is also your community too. So please connect with us. Now let's get back to our conversation we had with Erica last week. We heard about how God took her from a place of where she was not wanted to where God chose her. And now we're going to hear the power of her story this time. So I hope this encouraged you. Listen, and towards the end, I'm going to come back and share a few words of encouragement. And I just remember I was a flight attendant when I came back from California and um, I was just trying to get some money, y'all. You know, I wanted to work in my field, but it just wasn't working out for me to get into restaurant because I really didn't have a lot of experience. I worked mm-hmm. more for athletes in California, yeah. you know, and even though that was good for me, it wasn't good for restaurants. So yeah. they weren't hiring me. And I remember <clears throat> I was in my flight seat. And before we take off, we have to go into our positions in our jump seat. So you have to put your hands underneath your thighs and sit on them mm-hmm. so that if anything happens, your hands are intact. And you can move about. So I remember I was in my position and I was praying like I always do. Every time we took off, I always went into prayer over the plane, over the people and the the pilots. Mm -hmm. And I remember this one particular time 
Um, I said, God, if you are this God that everybody says you are, if you're this God that does all these things, this is what I want. They told me to ask you and that you're going to give it to me. So let me ask you. Let me ask you. Okay. Okay. I want to be a chef. I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) It's fun, but it's not fun anymore. Mm -hmm. I want to be a chef. I want to cook for somebody in the entertainment industry. I want this amount of money. And I want it as soon as possible in Jesus' name. If you that God that everybody says you are, mm-hmm. do that. Amen. Now, mind you, don't do that, y'all. That's mocking God. <laughs> okay? Oh. That is not how you talk to God. That is like mocking God. But I didn't know any better. He yeah. knew I didn't know any better. You know, the word yeah. of God says God looks on the heart of man. Yeah. He looked at my heart. He knew I didn't know any better. I'm not telling yeah. you guys to do that, but definitely hold God at his word, but don't mock him. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I remember I was, you know, I was saved like really, really saved when I was saved. I didn't like going to the club. I didn't like doing stuff that didn't have nothing to do with church. Mm -hmm. And my friend came from Colorado and she was having a hard time and she wanted to go to the club. And of course I'm going to go with her because she's in town. She's my bestie and I want to go to the club with her. So, you know, I'm in the club, you know, this was back when club bed was on South beach y'all and everybody was trying to get a club bed and I knew somebody at the door. So I had a bed anytime I went. So I had a little something. So (laughs) we went to club club bed and I remember going up to the door and they would not let me in because they said a celebrity was in there. I didn't care. I just wanted to sit down. I needed to fly out in about maybe six hours. I had a flight. So I was like, I want to just come in. I kind of want to sit down, drink some water and just kind of let her do her thing and then go home and go try to get some kind of sleep before I fly out. And I just remember sitting there and this guy comes over to me and he's just talking to me and he's part of the clique and they're sitting on the bed that was reserved for me, by the way. So I'm standing next to it, just pissed. I don't care. I'm just angry. I'm like, you know, you took my bed. I wanted to sit down and they were like, I'm sorry. And he's like, so, you know, why are you so upset? And I'm like, I just really don't want to be here. He's like, well, why are you here? I'm like telling him the story. My friend, you know, she wants to be here, blah, blah, blah. And Timbaland was sitting in the club. That's the celebrity they shut down for. It was his birthday. And I remember standing there talking to his, one of his people. And he was just talking to me. He wasn't trying to flirt or nothing. It was just conversation. They wanted to leave just like I wanted to leave. So we kind of like bonded over the fact that we were there against our own will because we were with other people that did not want to go home. So I remember telling him, that I was supposed to be on that bed. So they let us kind of stay on the bed and I was able to sit down and I was able to relax and I really just did not want to be there. And he asked me what I did. And I told him I was a chef and he jumped up and he ran over and he told Timbaland, yo, guess what, dude? She's a chef. And he's like, for real? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, for real, get her number. And he was like, he just fired his chef yesterday. Wow. And I just remember sitting there and laughing but thinking at the same time, they ain't going to call me. <laughs> they ain't going to call me. Why would they call me? Yeah. No lie. Three, four days later, I got a call from that guy and he said he wants to meet you. Yeah. And I went down there and I cooked for him and he loved my food. And I ended up working for Timberland, a personal chef, living six days a week, living mm-hmm. chef wow. for almost a year. 
-hmm. until my father passed away. But I ended up working for Tim and working for him opened up the door to so many other celebrities that I cooked for. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when God blesses you, he blesses you in abundance. So I just remember thinking how overwhelmed I was. It was to the point where I was actually getting other offers for other celebrities and I had to give them away to other chefs because I just, (laughs) I didn't have the time. It was the overflow like that. Okay. Like I was doing things for him. I was doing things for other people and I was getting phone calls to cook for fabulous and I couldn't take them. I couldn't take the clients, you know, and other people, you know, fat Joe and stuff. And I couldn't even take them because I was already so booked and busy and the, the presence of God and the favor of God was just on me. And, and every one of them that I work for, I never had to say I was a Christian. I never had to say that I, I didn't have a certain kind of respect for God. They knew it was on my life the minute they met me because and I walked into the room. You. Yeah, because and I remember working for Timberland and I remember him saying to me that one of the reasons that he hired me was because he needed that around him. Yeah. You know, his, his mother's a reverend. I work for Shaquille O'Neal too. You know, his mother's a reverend. As a matter of fact, her and I used to talk all the time about the goodness of God when I used to work in his kitchen and just being around people that respected my walk, that respected my relationship and not only respected it, they embraced that part of me. Yeah. They knew that they needed it around them and They welcomed it and encouraged me to be who I was through Christ in their homes around their family. It was awesome. That sounds that's really amazing. That's amazing to hear hear that. You know, that God listened to your prayer and opened up the door (laughs) to that. All of them. Yeah. Like more than I ever wanted. And just an FYI, you guys, I didn't just get the work for him. I got more money than I had asked for in my prayer. Mm-hmm. It was it was way more than I had asked God for in my prayers. And I just remember just having a moment where I'm like, wow, that's what kept me. That's what kept me. It's not because of the what he gave me. It's the fact that he was able to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Why would you not want to serve a God that's able to do something like that? And when I realized later on in my maturity that testimony, when I replayed it in my mind, how I asked God, I repented to God and I told him to forgive me for how I mocked him because, you know, he didn't deserve that, but he knew that I didn't mean anything by it. But I definitely, no matter how many years went by, I definitely went back to him and told him how, how heartfelt sorry I was Mm -hmm. that I did that. And ever since then, you know, I just, I lost my father in 2004, right after I started working for Timbaland. And I just remember if I had not had him in my life, if I had not had the Lord in my life, how much harder that would have been for me to deal with. You know, I lost my father to cancer and, you know, just went to my grandparents. My grandparents had common law marriage for like 42 years. They finally got married. And I had just went to Nebraska to go watch my grandmother, my grandfather finally make it official. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and I was told that my father was fine, that he, the doctor said that his, you know, that his procedures were working and that he would be okay. And, and I went home and they told me that I could take my time. I was going to come for my birthday. And he, he went to Nebraska to go visit his parents and he died on Christmas day. So Christmas day for me every year is hard. And 
And I remember just thinking when I went to his service and talking to my family at his eulogy, excuse me, with his eulogy, I remember just saying, if I did not have God, this would be so much harder, not only for me, but I think even for him, because I think he was able to peacefully leave knowing that his daughter had a relationship with God because my father had a very strong relationship with God. He went to Bishop T.D. Jakes, you know, he went to the Potter's house, you know, he, he got good word, good doctrine when he was alive. And I just remember just thinking, what do I do next? You know, I had been at rock bottom before and I just remember slipping back into a not so great place. You know, like I said, my dad ended up in my adult years, he ended up becoming my best friend. He ended up becoming my soundboard. I could call him and talk to him about anything. He would listen to me for hours Mm -hmm. and he would tell me what he thought and give me advice. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have that anymore. Mm -hmm. And for you to always have had that and then for you not to have that anymore is very difficult. You have to find another way to be able to, you know, have that part of your life. Exactly. You know, in a different kind of way but not exactly the same way because the person that you once had that did that, that you did that with isn't here anymore. And I just remember my pastors, you know, pastors, Eddie, Nibet, Brinson, I just remember them coming in and just saying, baby, we got you. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that that's hard and we're here. If you need to talk, yeah, we're here. Yeah. And I utilized them. Yes, I did. I was, I need to talk to y'all. <laughs> I need to talk to y'all. I need to do all this. I need to do all that. And, and I mean, this was right when it had happened, right when my, I lost my father, I literally had pretty much lost everything else. You know, I wasn't getting the phone calls anymore, you know, for mm-hmm. cooking. And I wasn't, you know, doing the personal chefing stuff anymore. It's like God had literally silenced my life and put me in a position to just look to him mm-hmm. to find the strength to mm-hmm. figure out what to do next. Yeah. And I remember I just started cooking for my pastors. I was, I was in the church. I was in five different ministries. I remember that. And <laughs> I was, I was active in the church. I loved being around my man and my woman of God because they were real, real man. And they were a real man and woman after God's heart. Like these two people really, really walked with God, you know, for, for wisdom, for knowledge, for everything that they did in their life, they walked with God and I wanted to just be near them. So I was in five different ministries in the church and anything that they needed me to do, I was there. And I remember just listening to one of my pastors, you know, one of the pastors that actually was on staff at the church named Pastor Alonzo. And I just remember talking to him from time to time, just, you know, when it was hard Mm -hmm. and him just telling me, you know, you walk around and you deal with your stuff and you kind of just tell everybody that you're happy. You show everybody that, that pretty smile that you Boy, got. And, yep. He's like, you just walk around and you've been through all. He's like, you don't even have to tell me what you've been through in your life. God told me everything that you've mm-hmm. been through in your life. He's like, and you walk around here like mm-hmm. you you didn't go through nothing. People ask you how you're doing. You tell them that you're blessed and you smile and you show them that pretty smile. And he's like, And eventually there's going to be a moment where you're going to completely fall apart and it's going to be really hard for you to get up off the floor. And I just remember laughing at him 
I was like, that's not going to happen. You don't know me very well. I'm real good at hiding stuff. <laughs> so I'm real good so at hiding my emotions. Hide. It's just so much you can hide after You know, I'm like, but I'm like, I'm, I'm real good at making sure people don't really know the depths of me, you mm-hmm. know? And I just remember it happened one day. I just remember everything, the cards, you know, the dominoes just falling. And I remember that very moment of me hitting the bottom and not getting, being able to get back up. It was a combination of everything. It was a combination of things that had happened in my life, other things that I didn't share. You know, I had had some sexual molestation when I was a kid too. You know, it was a combination of things that I had blocked out about, you know, that happened in my life that I just didn't remember. Mm -hmm. You know, all of that stuff coming to a head, my father not being here anymore me knowing that he wasn't my father and I don't have that kind of love from a, a man like that again. You know, my stepfather's awesome. Don't get me wrong. I love my stepfather. It's like God may not have given me my biological father, but he blessed me with three men in my life that love me like I was their child. Praise mm-hmm. God. I didn't lack that. So it's not like I went chasing and looking for my biological father because I didn't have it. I never had a reason to. I had everything I needed. And finally came up with a completely different perspective on life. I was able to see my purpose more and I realized that, yeah, God gave me what I wanted, but that wasn't what his will was for my life. You know, I wasn't called to just cook for these people all my life. I was called for a deeper purpose. He hadn't revealed it to me yet, but I was called for a deeper purpose. And I just kind of kept walking. And I just remember getting full every year, just getting fuller and fuller and feeling like there's something that I needed to say. And I remember him telling me, not yet, Mm -hmm. not yet for years, not yet, Mm -hmm. not yet. And I remember one of my spiritual uncles at Redeeming Word told me, God is putting blinders Mm -hmm. on people that are around you. They're going to see you when you walk by, but once you pass them, they're not going to remember they saw you. Yeah. He said, and it's because God is putting you in a place of isolation right now. And he needs to have his time with you. And I just remember exactly that happening. Like I didn't have my friends. Nobody was calling me. I wasn't doing anything. Mm -hmm. And I just remember just kind of walking and walking and doing what I was doing. And then one day, you know, I just said, you know what? I'm not going to worry about it anymore. I stopped dating for real. (laughs) I stopped dating for real, you know, and just told myself after listening to the awesome Pastor Vita Jackson, you know, (laughs) I finally had the strength to really say with truth and actions behind it that I'm going to focus my energy on God Mm -hmm. and stop standing by desiring a husband and thinking that that's what's going to bring out certain ministry and certain aspects of my purpose yeah. Ladies, your purpose is not wrapped up in anybody else but God. Exactly. You hear me? Yeah. It's not wrapped up in a man. It's not wrapped up in children. It's not wrapped up in anybody else but God. Mm-hmm. So whether you have a husband or whether you are single, your purpose is your purpose. And yeah. God is not telling you it will not be unleashed until you have somebody around to unleash it. That's not true. That's not true for real. And speak I, it, speak it, speak it. <laughs> I'm trying to tell y'all, look, I'm like in my late no, my mid-30s, okay? And I have made up my mind. I'm like, that's it. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I am not dating anymore. I am really focusing on God. And I went headstrong with it. 
I was still involved in all the ministries in the church. Mm -hmm. I was doing stuff for my pastors at their house. Sometimes I was taking hold of God. I was right back out doing things with my food again. I was going to events that I've been asked to go to in Miami and cooking and doing contests and winning contests and right back in my Mm -hmm. doing what I do in my gift again and was not focused on the relationship. And this guy that I hired (laughs) to do all of my media stuff and my business cards Uh came along. And I just remember, I didn't think nothing about it. He was my brother from Redeeming Word, yes. And I thought he was attractive, but I just didn't look at him like that. And I remember my friend telling me, she's like, girl, he like you. And I'm like, no, he don't. He just want to help me. She's like, I think he like you. (laughs) (laughs) And lo and behold, he did. Yeah. You know, and um now I know why he was pushing me away so much. <laughs> yeah, look at that. May look thanks to him now I'm on this show with my sister because that's her brother. <laughs> and I mean just to see the different things that God had done with me. Mm-hmm. You know, I finally got released to be able to say the things that are on my heart and it's not because I did it. Literally God grabbed me and pulled me to the front and said you can speak now. Yeah. You know, one of my spiritual brothers had a conference, a woman's conference, and I was on the staff. I wasn't even doing it. I wasn't told that I was speaking or anything. I was just on the committee to help put it together. And I remember him sitting inside the meeting and saying to me, you know, I have the speakers. I know who's going to speak. And he went through the list and I'm like, yes, that she is powerful. Yes, 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 yes. You know, just like excited, (laughs) write my notes. And at the end, on that fourth one, he said, he said, if Erica Meadows, Paula Sainville, I was like, say what? Who said what? He said, the Lord told me that you got a word. And that was the beginning of everything. Yeah. And I have a copy of that word. It was powerful. It was, it was finally my time. And I did not prematurely go into it because I felt like I needed to. Mm-hmm. I did it when God told me it was time. Yeah. And I guess my story, the extent of it, it's yeah. even longer than that, you guys. Yeah. But I guess for me, my story, you know, the basis or what I'm hoping that you can get from my story is it doesn't matter what your life was and how you came to be in this world or what you've gone through. One of the things that I learned that I'm hoping that you got from my story, ladies, is that God uses the foolish thing to confound the wise. Mm -hmm. And you need to ask yourself, will you be that foolish thing? People may not understand why he called you because of what you've been through, because for the most part, a lot of people may have seen where you come from and what you've been through. And they might not take you seriously, but who cares? One of the one of the reasons why I was able to walk into my purpose is because the my the awesome pastor Yvette Brinson had preached a message about being delivered from what people think, mm-hmm. and how she told me how it freed her in so many ways to be delivered. And I never knew that you could be delivered from that. Exactly. You know, to have a a spirit of deliverance from what people think about you and not care. And just have confidence and faith in who God is in your life and who God made you. And walk into your will and your destiny. And when someone looks at you and tries to say something about you, for you to have still completely control peace in your heart about it and not be trying so hard to make them 
like you or change their mind about you. Mm -hmm. When she ministered that message, it changed everything for me. Because when you're called to ministry, you cannot allow what people think about you to minimize what God is telling you to do and where he's telling you to go. And people will always pull your past up to try to use it as a condition to keep you back somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And for me, I'm not letting you do that. I know that everything I went through in this, please hear me, ladies, please. If you don't hear nothing else that I say, hear this. Your circumstances and what you went through had nothing to do with you. Nothing to do with you. Mm -hmm. God needed those things to happen so that you could get something, somebody else out of theirs. They need to hear that you came out of yours Mm -hmm. so they can come out of theirs. Everything that you've gone through is for your testimony. Yeah. So don't, Don't allow yourself to be victimized by your circumstances and your situation, Mm -hmm. but allow yourself to be strengthened by what is about to happen once you share your story, because your story is just that it is a story for you to tell people, to deliver other people. And even if it's embarrassing, because I'm going to tell you, just telling my story isn't, it's not the most conventional way to have your life happen. Okay, but it's my life. I can't sit here and tell you. Yeah, I can't sit here and tell you the parts or make it look prettier than it was. My life just wasn't pretty like that. There were parts of it that were beautiful. Mm -hmm. But if it didn't happen the way that it did, I would not be who I am today. Exactly. And God would not have been able to do what he did to show who he is in my life. Mm I went through so much at the beginning of my life that when he finally did step into my life and start to pull me to him, I had no other choice but to acknowledge that it was him because I had never experienced anything like that before. Exactly. You have nothing to compare it to. Exactly. So I'm hoping, you know, our podcast is Sister Speak Life and I... We're going to be sharing our story and the extent of it, but that's just, you know, pieces and parts of my story. You know, we're going to go into detail about it later, but I just wanted to say that, you know, I know there's so many women. I talk to so many women that have different stories and they're just so ashamed to share their stories. They're so ashamed to tell somebody where they come, where they came from and what they've been through. But honey, your strength is in your story. Your strength is in your story. You is when you can't speak about it. Exactly. Go ahead, Mark. Go ahead. So what well, I was going to say is that when I look at your story, one thing I see as a common theme in your story is father, the message of father. Like, you know, I, I wrote down the tale of two fathers, but yeah, like, yeah, mm-hmm. you had a new father of one who wanted you. And by one, one that got you, that chose you by choice, mm-hmm. and one that did not choose you. And then you saying, you know, like, you are in the world. Wow. You know, trying to see that. And then after God chose you also by choice, he said, you use mine. So I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like, look, I was like, God, I just, I just saw a theme over your whole story. It's like, it's like, wow. like, remember the, like the, the tale of two fathers. Cause, wow. you, cause it's not like you had, you, as you, as you said, that it's not like you had lack of love. I didn't, I didn't have lack <laughs> of fathers or manly guidance either. I had awesome with the, you know, my father did do, not he didn't do the best things as it pertained to my mother. Yeah. Please let me make sure I clarify this. But my father, father didn't make the yeah. best decisions when mm-hmm. it pertained to my mom and he did do some 
things. He did rectify that and he made amends with my mother before he left this earth and he apologized for what he had done because as he grew older, he realized that it was not right. Yeah. It's just no one ever taught him that. He had to go back to church and understand and go through counseling to be able to realize that what he exactly. was doing was wrong to my mother. But my dad, as a man, as yeah. a provider, and as a man who loved his kids, he was a good dad. Yeah. You know, he loved me. He was supportive. Mm-hmm. He gave me you know, advice and guidance. You know, my father was a great man. He made mistakes. And I'm not saying, you know, God don't make, take mistakes and make one little one and one big one. So I'm not going to sit here and say my dad made a big mistake. Sin is sin on every level. There's no such thing as a bigger sin or a smaller sin. My father made a mistake and he repented before God and to my mother for his mistakes. Okay. Mm -hmm. But he was a good man. It takes a good man to turn around and grab someone else's child and say, that's my child and try to keep it from them because as far as he was concerned that's all that matters is that I knew that he was my dad Mm -hmm. and I knew that that's all I needed was him yeah when I looked for my dad that's who I looked for Mm -hmm. and I didn't say this and I'm not going to go into detail but yes I did eventually meet my biological father he did he gave his life to God just very short he gave his life to God one day and he started to feel conviction for the fact that he did not know me he denied me and he finally confessed to his mother that he really did father a kid with my mom. Mm -hmm. And after he did that, my biological grandmother reached out to my mother's mother, my grandmother that I spent all those summers with. They Mm -hmm. knew each other back in school. Mm -hmm. And she said she wanted to meet me. Mm -hmm. So, but we'll talk about that another time. time, But I do want you guys to know, yes, I do know my biological father. Did I ever get to know him? Did I ever find out who he was? Yes, I did. I found, (laughs) I met my aunts that my dad said were hot, you know, and I told them what my dad said. It was really cool. They knew my father in high school. They remember my dad. They thought it was so awesome that he raised me because they thought he was such a good person. Yeah. And I mean, I had all these awesome, you know, things happen from my beautiful mess (laughs) of a life. I say it's a beautiful mess because... A message in your mess. (laughs) It was a beautiful mess of a life. I mean, my life... I can preach. (laughs) Come on, you know? I'm like, my life was very... And for the most part, I went through a lot of different stages, you know, but the main thing that I dealt with the most in my life was rejection. I didn't want people to not love me. I didn't want people to reject me. And I cared about what everybody thought about me. And I cared about what I did and how I presented myself because I just didn't want to lose the love of people that I met. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't like me, that broke me down so bad. Mm -hmm. But now I'm not like that anymore. I don't care if y'all like me. I don't care. (laughs) From people. (laughs) You know, but I just, I just want to just, you know, say that that's the message. And I'm hoping that's the message that you guys received from my story so far as just that, you know, don't sugarcoat your stories lady and the uglier it is the the stronger it is you know yeah. the uglier that your situation is the, or your testimony is the stronger it is to yeah. be able to really bring a woman out you know yeah. really bring women out of their situations and say you know what there's power in your story yes there is power in your story and you know you look at me and you people always say they just don't see that I mean you're not supposed to yeah you know, God, God makes us smell not of smoke when we're in the furnace. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. You come out um, fresh and clean. I'm not supposed, <laughs> exactly. I'm supposed to be clean. I'm not supposed to stink. I'm supposed to smell like roses and perfume. You know what I'm saying? I'm not exactly. supposed to smell like smoke mm-hmm. and that's your power. And once you allow someone else to tell your story or once you conceal it, you're allowing the power 
of the destructive part, the sad part, the depressing part. You're allowing that to overtake the beauty in it. Mm-hmm. But when you grab a hold of it and you are the one that's releasing your story and that you're saying your story and you're saying it in all its ugliness, mm-hmm. that means that you have officially taken power and authority over your life and over your mm-hmm. story. Yeah. And, that's and you're doing thing. it on your own terms. Exactly. Man, you just, you just said it all. And, and that's what we're encouraging you guys to do. Just to share the power of your story. Yes. And we're going to have so many more women and couples coming out and just sharing their stories and just the same way how you said beautiful mess through their beautiful mess, share that message of God mm-hmm. to you guys. And we just want to encourage you guys to continue to speak life over your mind, body, heart, and soul in everything that you do. So I'm glad you were able to join our conversation and just hear our stories. And Thanks, I hope it guys. truly bless you. Yes, I'm hoping that it blessed you guys too. You know, our hope and our, you know, expectations from the podcast is that you walk away not the same as you were when you first came on. So we're hoping that you walked away with something that changes everything, even if it's a little piece of it. All right. Amen. (laughs) All right. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Wasn't it such a powerful word? A powerful story of how God chooses us. When we were not the one that was chosen, God chooses us. I remember telling Erica that her story reminded me of the tale of two fathers. One that did not choose us and one that did choose us. And God said that he chose us. He called us his own. We are made in his image. Before we were formed in our parents' room, he has predestined and had purpose for our lives. No matter what you're going through, he is still using you. He's using that messy area of your life and creating a delightful message that is meant to encourage and inspire others to see the goodness of God. So I want to encourage you this week to take the time and just think of one incident that God really showed up. You didn't know what was going to happen, but on the other side, God really showed up for you, whether it be a big incident or a little incident. Just really look and just thank God for all the many times that he revealed his story to you. Write it down and give God the glory for it. We would love for you guys to come on the community and share this story with us so we can praise God with you. So if you are, if you're willing, please do come be part of Sister Speak Life and share the goodness of God in your life. Even if you are going through something right now, think back to a time when you did go through something different and God transform it and use that season. And if you are going through that season, 
and you have never you haven't been on the other side yet and this is your first time let me encourage you that God is faithful God will get you through it there is there he takes our ashes and he give us beauty because he give beauty for our ashes i want to end us in a prayer today dear heavenly father i thank you for my listeners right now lord i pray that you would bless them abundantly thank you for giving them the time and the strength to just listen to this podcast and be encouraged lord no matter what they're going through right now lord i pray for peace that surpasses all understanding lord be with them encourage them in all that they do in jesus name amen my sister i encourage you to speak life over yourself i am praying for you we are praying for you and we want, we are here for you and we want to be an encouragement to your soul so as i always end this podcast i want to remind you to speak life into all areas your mind your body and your soul until next time sisters speak life Sisters Speak Life is a ministry of Rose of Alpha Omega. Find out more at roseofalphaomega.org.